In a world where adventures abound and pirates sail the seas, a set of three travel together into the night storm, venturing forth into the unknown. Come travel the dark seas with these three famous actors. Stolen, playing Crusai Pan. Yeah. Meerkat, as the ever-present cook of Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> and the deadliest one of them all, played by none other than Lazy Man Gamer. Yeah. An epic quest known as The Fates. Welcome back, listeners, to a Dicey Experience. As you all well know, my name is Jason Sketch, and I am your DM for this epic and awesome campaign known as The Fates. We are excited to have you guys all here tonight. As you are well aware, they all played the class called Yeah. So, you know, that's super exciting and helpful for understanding <laughs> class and characters as we move into this adventure. We are the Knights of Yeah. We are the Knights that say Ni. No, we said Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Queen. <laughs> No, okay, it's over. You ruined it. <laughs> One iteration oh, too man. far. <laughs> As of late, our our party has just done some fantastic and amazing and wonderful things. Um, Jean went off and visited with, with um, St. Marie and got a lot of information about where his sword came from, what his dad did while he was young, and he's um, doing a little inner turmoil with that. However, uh, Lucas and crew, in a panic of trying to find John after he traveled by chalk, ran into town and broke into St. Marie's house, only to discover that her recipe book, her recipe book for the rum cakes lived there. Lucas, in excitement, attempted to steal it, only to find that doing so would cause a trap to affect over the house. They quickly discovered that they either had to return the book or find a way to escape, and they did so with, unfortunately, not taking the goods with them. The crew is reunited on the boat, and they sent off young... For Drakken off into space for a moment or two, only to have him come back in a bit of a um, inner turmoil himself, with uh, being in the fetal position, rocking back and forth. Lucas and Jean have a bit of a spat, trying to work out how to best interact with each other, and their captain just watched with a grimace on his face. The crew has decided now to venture into the town, back into town for one last trip in the middle of the night. You guys park your little dinghy one more time on the on the boat next to the large sandcastle that Rodrigo had made earlier. The question is, will the will the dinghy be okay right here? I mean, we've only really made trips in during the day. I don't know how safe it's going to be at night. Nah, uh, it should be okay. And if someone does take our dinghy, we can take someone else's. True, true. Crew is going to w walk into the shadow of the sandcastle and use mask of many faces to transform back into his captain human captain bull form so let's uh let's go let's get in and out we need to get off this island much agreed i uh, uh if you'll remind me i need some general goods lucas you said you already got all of your cooking supplies is that correct that's right so yeah, you needed you needed some bullets, Jean. Yes, what else are we here for? I need for? to get I need to get my unbreakable chain from the magic shop, and then the brothers needed some supplies to fix the ship with. Uh, large pieces of metal and some wood. Okay. Okay. I think. Do we want to split and conquer or do we want to stick together? I think it might be best if we stick together. 
for the night. Just in case. It should just be two right. stops as is and maybe getting some food. Okay. You lead the way. You know this town better than we do. So John will head towards the magic shop first and uh, uh, go to pick up the unbreakable chain. You guys are splitting up? No, we're going no, we're together. together. Okay. Yeah, you get, again, you venture into town. In the center of the town are these the large purple tents that were there last night and as, as yesterday as well. Um, though earlier in the day there's somebody out speaking and, and talking. Um, there's there's nobody there. It looks like there's some pirates that have kind of passed out on the outside of these tents and um, a few others that are throwing their ale bottles at the tent. Um, it doesn't like they're very coherent, though. But you are able to walk into the um, magic shop. Um, again, it's like walking through some of those those beads that you guys have seen before. There seems to be beanbag chairs all over the place. There is the hobgoblin. He's kind of sitting at his little desk at the end there, his little counter space. And, um, of course, there's a little room to the left that you saw that had a little chain on it that said we'll be open tomorrow. Um, inside there is a little gnome um, who seems to have some little goggles on with several different like lenses on it that he can kind of flap down at different times. He's got a um, pen looking thing and he seems to be marking up an elephant, ele elephant, um, or what are those, um, the elephant type humanoid with um, some ink. Do. I'm going to go straight to the hobgoblin. Uh, Ver Veros, do you, uh, do you have my chain ready? Ah, yes. You've returned as you've promised. I I do have your chain ready. I mean, he pulls it out. Um, Perfect. Do you remember the price? Uh, I gave you 14, so I still owe you 11. And we're going to hand over 11 gold. Perfect. Thank you. He takes your 11 gold and hands you your, your chain. And uh, he wasn't open yesterday. What exactly is that part of your shop? Ah, that, my friend, he sells magic tattoos. He sells little small... It is a little small parlor where... He can mark you up with almost any design you look for, and um, put you up with some magic-induced tattoos. I think I'm good at the moment. Do either y'all need a tattoo? I'm not sure I have the time to sit for one at the moment. Well, that is quite intriguing. Yes, I'll skip it for now. All right, well, I do have a few other new wares today if you're interested in a couple of new things. Uh, we're... Like they said, we're kind of in a hurry, so it may be in and out unless you can catch my interest with something. Uh, I mean, a couple more scrolls, uh, nothing nothing else. Uh, nope. Nope. Well, it was, it was good doing business with you. We'll, uh, we'll stop back by next time we're in town. Sounds good. I, I hope to see you lot again. And what is yours' names? Oh, uh, I am Captain Bull. Captain Bull of the... Of the String. Of the String. That's a terrible name for a pirate crew, but um, neither here nor there. Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's it's really not your your place to judge, so... <laughs> okay, bye. He <laughs> laughs as he writes down Captain Crew of the String. Captain Bull. Captain Bull of the String. Checking if you remembered. Um, as you're walking out, you do see some little orange balls in a glass container. Um, but uh, you guys can walk out of the store if you'd like. So do you think we could get everything else from Rin across the street there? I believe so. The sheets of metal may not be exactly the type that they're expecting for their shipwright duties, but uh, they'll work in a pinch. There's more for housing and things like that that I'm sure he'll be selling, but I really don't want to traipse across to the other side of the island to get exactly what we need. I would have expected the twins to, to bring those sort of things. 
but that's okay. Yep. As long as it gets us off this island, we can stop somewhere else and get better supplies. Absolutely. I'll walk across the street to Rin's shop. Oh, hi! You're back! It's so good to see you! He runs over and gives you a big old hug with his Aarakocra wings, just kind of embracing you as well. What can I do you for, Master Bull? Uh, we're just here for a few items. Um, my friend over here, Jack, he needs some... He needs some bullets for his flintlock. Oh, ammunition! I can I can sell you a a dozen for fifty gold. Yeah, that would that'd be great. Thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, you all right there, friend? John pulls out his flintlock in a flash. Are you making fun of my voice? No, no, I, I no, I I just was was making sure you heard the deal right. Uh, my uh, vocal it's, cords it's, were cut when I was fighting on the ship. The great oh. bone raker, and I've been speaking like this ever since. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I um, don't take kindly to people making fun of me. Well, how about I give you a two for one deal today? Two for the price of one, you can get 24 bullets for, for 50 gold. Well, that sounds more like it. And John will he runs, he put his flintlock away. He runs off quickly and comes back with uh, with with um, 24 pieces of ammunition. And I'll hand over 50 gold. Oh, thank you. Um, I guess you're not a hugger, huh? Don't even think about it. Okay. And then we could use some wood and some metal for repairing the ship. Do you have anything like that? Oh, well, most of the lumber is has is, is been sold off to the, to the shipwright colony on the other side of the island. Um, but I do have some, um, sheets of tan that you could use as a roof. Jack, John, yeah, John nods over to, uh, Bull. We'll, we'll take the tan. Oh, okay, how much would you like? How much do you have? Oh, man. Um, they come in sheets of, um, 16 foot by 18 foot, and I've got about 17 of those. What do y'all think? About five of them? John's gonna move over close to Bull, so he just has to whisper without being heard. That's kind of like really, really big. I'm kind of thinking like, you know, three at most, just for, you know, spot repairs and things like that. We shouldn't need that much. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a better idea of what shape the ship's in since you spent so much time in the hull. So I'll turn back to Ren. We'll take we'll take three of them. How much per sheet? Oh, for for this, uh, gosh, let's 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 call it um three gold a piece. Uh, no discount for being a, a best customer. If you throw in a, a hug, I'll I'll make it two and a half each. And I give him the biggest bear hug I can muster. Oh, oh, a tear comes. I've never had a friend before. Oh, this is so nice. And he holds the hug a little awkwardly long. Okay, we're, do we're done now. But just, just a minute more. Fine. John's going to look around for something he might be able to pocket <laughs> while he's uh, engaged in this weird hugging fantasy. Um. <laughs> yeah, uh, roll me up. Remember, this is like a general yeah, store. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking for anything expensive or anything. Just, you know, something to pocket. Ooh, 19 plus 3, 22. 22. 
Um, so, I mean, I'll give you kind of a list and you can choose three of the items. So let me know when you're ready. Um, there's a, there's an ink pen. There's a, a war gong. There's, um, some saddlebags. Um, uh, some caltrops, about 20 of them. Yeah, we'll take those. Um, all right. There's an iron pot. Um, a, a hooded lantern. Um, there's a little dragonfly that looks like it has a little key on it. Yeah, we're taking that. Okay. There's, um, there's a, a pouch. Yep, taking the pouch. Um, okay. <laughs> That's good. Just those three yep. things? All right. I want you to There's try a 10 and take foot the ladder, sandals. too. What was that, Lucas? Try, try and take the sandals. Yeah. I, I didn't know how I'm going to walk out with a pot. Like, I came in with this. What are you talking about? Okay. Perfect. All right. And this, are you sure you don't want to hear what the other things are? Yeah, no, I'm good. It's literally right. just like the first things that he sees are going into his pocket. And Sounds those are the first three things that were small enough and would fit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do I see, can I see if I see John do this? I mean, you will do what, a 19 on your? Yeah. So it is over your passive, so you can roll perception check if you like. Uh, no, it was 11. Never mind. Okay. Oh, that was a really, really nice hug. Uh, thank you. You're, you're welcome. Um, we really got to go though, Rin. So I will. Uh, we'll see you next time we're in town. And okay. I'm just gonna like bolt for the door. Do you not want your sheets of tin roofing? Oh, I thought we had already exchanged that. Yes, I want those. Oh, okay. We we exchanged the hug, but not the tins of sheet roofing. Um, he he kind of has a little cart. He goes and he he wheels it in the back, and then he see him come out with. After a minute or two, well, you know, about 15 minutes, takes him a little bit. Sounds like you hear kind of clanging and noise making in the back. And he loads these things up um, and, he, and he wheels it back out um, and dumps these these tin roofs kind of in front of you. Um, they're they're like the wavy kind. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're not like flat yeah. pieces of tin. They're like kind of lumpy and wavy. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Okay. What about the lumber? I sold all the lumber to the colony of, of um, over yonder. You know anybody else in town who might have some wood for sale? Uh, the hags sometimes carry things that are a little out of the ordinary. Okay, we'll go check them out. Okay, be careful in that hag market. Once you buy something from them once, they, they, they feel like you're going to buy from them every time they see you. Okay. 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 Uh, right. So how are y'all carrying these sheets? Of, of roofing. Brew um, will grab one side, I guess, and we can at least take it down to the dinghy. How are you guys going to get it to sit in the dinghy and stay um, level enough and stay balanced in your in your dinghy as you're getting it across to the boat? Because man, these are like like I said, 18 by 16. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah. Sit it yeah. on top of the boat, and then we'll all sit on top of the tin sheets. <laughs> I think that'll right. work. Crew can fly now, so I can just like balance them on the back of the boat and fly behind the ship. <laughs> so you're gonna cast fly and hold it while the other side's resting on the ship? Oh, I could do it for ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> you're pretty. Sorry. You're a pretty good swimmer. You can swim the rest of the way. The crew does not swim. How many times have we got over this? <laughs> Pretty sure in your backstory you swam from one island. Yeah, to I've heard something about that. I didn't say anything about that. 
Stop metagaming. Okay, fine. I, I thought you shared that. <laughs> no. I've shared zero about my background. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. So are y'all loading that up now to take that over? I guess it's gonna be awkward and I feel like there's gonna be a lot yeah, of performance yeah, checks yeah. and things that are gonna be yeah. needed to make to I think I've I've seen these rolled up before. Perhaps we could roll it up and it'll take up some less a little bit less space. We could try. Tin is fairly malleable. If we like lay them together and then roll them. Yes. That way we don't have like three separate rolls. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, just need a good let's... rope to hold them together. Yeah, make a make a strength check together. Uh, does somebody want bonus, or do we separately? Make a group strength check. Okay. We're all trying to roll it together. That would be uh, a four. Uh, no. <laughs> Nine. Three. <laughs> y'all, y'all begin to push to roll these um, these sheets up, and. Uh, and you all slip in the sand, and it just, like, decapitates the bottom of that sandcastle that Frederick had spent all day working on. And just sand covers the top of your ten pieces. Is Can we cut these down? Do you tell the way we could do that? I don't have scissors. Can we bring our boat closer to the shore? No, never mind. We were keeping it out there for a reason. Do, do you have any spells to... Could you make the tin fly? I can't make the tin fly. I can only make myself fly. <laughs> Cast catapult on the tin and launch it towards your boat. Frederick and catch. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> how how heavy is it? Can I like cast gust and just like keep it aloft? Oh man. Um. I mean, I imagine at that size, it's relatively heavy, man. Like, it was already awkward enough to, to carry it as a team out there. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no. We haven't long rested since... I have an idea that involves turtles. <laughs> How do you feel about it so far? I don't like it. That's what I was afraid um, of. This is a quick question. Uh, if something is a ritual ritual cast do i still have to have a spell slot available to ritual cast no so the it'll just take 10 minutes for you to cast it it's going to take some time for you to be able to cast it um, um okay I, now you have to have still prepared it as one of your spells for the day yeah i had i've had this prepared since i got it it's water water walk water walk yeah okay oh uh, hey guys i we could carry this across the water and just walk to the boat, but I need 10 minutes to get this done. That seems like okay. a better solution. Uh, I'm down for anything. We're going to walk it over? And I, I sit down and just kind of... Um, yes, Jean, you can wait there. And I reach out to everybody with a small piece of cork in my hand and i channel the the way that cork floats on water into me while in john okay. during this 10 minutes 
crew is going to walk over to the sand castle and just start like Eldritch blasting like little the little turrets off, just like using them as target practice. I mean, practically destroyed it by <laughs> pushing this tin. You're just gonna add insult to injury, basically. Okay, it's already destroyed. Might as well just add a little bit more to it. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, so you you, you cast um. Cast water walk. You're able to do it on all three of you guys, right? Yeah, it's up to ten people. Up to ten people. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um. You you cast this this water walk spell. Um. Roll me, roll me a performance check, everybody, as you're walking, um, on this water. Or do you guys want to role play even testing walking on the water first? Okay. Uh, we'll roll yeah. a performance. I'm good with performance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, and here's my theory behind that before you tell me your numbers. The reason I, I say that is because, yes, walking on sand and ground, like you can tell the difference between walking on sand and ground, but walking on water's got to be way different than just walking on a solid object. You know? It's kind of like walking on mud where you, you're still able to walk, but you slip and slide a little bit. So. Uh, this. Hey, we can do it that way, but, uh, I, the, um,. It says as if it were harmless solid ground, whatever oh, surface okay. it is. But then, no, you read the spell perfectly. Then never mind. Saved by My the bad. spell. Saved by the spell. So no performance check needed. You are you're able to awkwardly walk this large pieces of tin over to your boat. Good, because I rolled horribly. <laughs> <laughs> you are at the base of your boat. How do you get said tin into the boat? Are the brothers still visible outside working? Um, I mean, it is nighttime, so like whatever they were doing on the outside, um, they've they seem to pack have packed up their tools and then moved on to the inside of the boat. Hey, up there on the boat. Uh, um, Drake walks over. Oh, hey, you made it back. Yeah, throw down a, a rope or something. Oh, okay. Can I can I give the surprise now? Later. What surprise? I'll go find a rope. I really don't want to sink into this water. Can we? Can we? Please take care of the metal. <laughs> okay. He runs and goes to find a, find some rope and he tosses it over. I guess you guys are just tying it and having him pull it up. Yeah. Yep. I will. I will fly underneath it and help kind of lift it up as he's pulling. Okay. It's not too bad. It's better. 16 for him to pull and and with you pushing it makes it a little easier so he's y'all are able to get it onto the boat and it kind of just slides onto the floor uh jean is going to immediately sprint back towards land okay oh okay uh, bye jean no response he is booking it <laughs> um really does not want to sink back into the water okay what what are you guys doing i am following suit because Crew does not like being wet. Before we leave the water and get back on the land, uh, can I remove water walk from Jean only? <laughs> <laughs> is it a concentration or is it? No, it's nothing. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. How, how close to land are you? Uh... Enough that he falls in and can, like, stand up to his water. The water is, like, up to a, his shoulders or something. Not so he can drown, but just so he gets wet. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, um, so, Jean, you notice as you're as you're getting closer to the land, suddenly you're starting to sink slowly, like you're walking downstairs into uh, the water. I am doing everything I can to get as far as I can <laughs> before I sink and have to swim in this. Um, let me an acrobatics check. Ooh, it's bad. Uh, seven. You, you manage to hit some sort of weird ledge in the water that, you know, sometimes it kind of rises up and it drops back down. Um, and you hit that ledge and you slip and you just splash face furnished into the water and, and have to swim to shore. Okay. Stop playing around and splashing mate. <laughs> John makes it to, to shore and stands up and <laughs> looks at the other two and... <laughs> Why aren't you wet? <laughs> I'll I'll walk up to Jean and say, next time you want to experiment on Fredrickin, I'll remove the spell much further out to sea. You said we were even. This does not seem even. Seems even to me. And I'll walk off. This crew is getting worse and worse all the time. Well, hey there, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Jason Sketch, again, here to do the middle bit. I am so stoked and excited to be celebrating with you all for one year of recording and producing podcasts. Yesterday, on the 11th of January, we celebrated one year of producing podcasts and we are so excited to be celebrating it with you all 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 it has been a great joy and lots of fun producing content for you did you know that we have a twitter and a instagram that is right folks you should totally take the time to go and explore both of these places. You can find us at a Dicey Experience. You can also email us funny questions for our Q&A session or serious questions for our Q&A session at a Dicey Experience at gmail.com If you are to contact us either on Instagram or Twitter, please use the hashtag ADiceyFaint. Well, friends, that is the conclusion of my mid-to-bit-bit-bit-bit. Oh, wait, but there is one thing more. Jason Sketch is now returning to stream on a regular basis. That is right, folks. You can now find him on most Mondays and Wednesdays at... Jason Sketch on Twitch. Okay. Thank you for enjoying this very awkward and strange middle bit 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 bit
So the soggy rabbit, the dry turtle, and the human walk into a pirate town. What did we come back for? If you wanted lumber. to fight somebody. <laughs> no, we're, we're need lumber. <laughs> We've got to go to the hack market. <laughs> go to a specialty store for it, apparently. <laughs> Is there a Michaels? <laughs> um, so as you walk into the hag market, a lot of the hags that were there yesterday, Lucas, are, are out there and they have new wares and stuff and new items for sale. Um, and as you're walking down, every single one of them are just, Hey, sweetie! It's good to see you again! Do you want to you come by from my store? Oh, we're looking for wood. Anybody have wood? Ah! Uh, uh. And, yeah, some pull out petrified wood. Some pull out, um, like a plank. Um, some pull out sticks. Uh, some pull out, um, there, there's a strange, you know, piece of wood that's like, um, man, it's like a, it's like a two by six in shape um but it's only like um about a foot tall it's got a little um two circles with dots inside the circles and then there's like a, a smiley face underneath it one circle is bigger than the other um it seems to be drawn with with different colors on it uh jean what type of wood do we need uh jean will speak in a very low voice uh just just simple lumber anything that they can use to uh more nail the the patches and things like that. Uh, we just need simple lumber to fix our boat. Nothing petrified. That'll be way too too hard. Mm. I'll just say that to the group of eggs. Oh, oh, I've got some. And, and there's the one with the little one with the face drawn on it. And then there's like two couple ladies that have like maybe like three pieces. Oh, in total, you're going to find about three pieces of like two by sixes that are like about six foot long. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's a start. We'll definitely need more somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, again, if it can get us off here, we can buy lumber somewhere else. How much for these three pieces of wood? Oh, oh, oh well, sweetie, it's um, gosh, I think uh, I'll sell it to you for for uh six gold pieces in total. Oh yeah. Lucas doesn't know the price of lumber, so that, that seems like a lot for just a little bit of wood counter offer with three silver uh i will only pay three silver for this wood oh you didn't haggle with me yesterday sonny this this is important <laughs> <laughs> so my time wasn't valuable enough yesterday i i was buying luxury goods yesterday i obviously needed to spend the money this is just simple wood for ship repair i could go down to four gold pieces i will only pay 10 silver and no more two gold and you have to buy something for my sister two gold and i won't buy anything else we can probably find driftwood on the shore that's just as good as this a I'll, uh, lot of money. I'll say, okay. Uh, if, if we're not going to go any lower, then we just won't buy it. I can go. I can get you gold. I can get you to gold. But you have to buy something for my sister. I don't uh, I don't want to buy anything else. We just need this wood. Uh, thanks for your time. And then, come on, John. Uh, you hear an audible gasp go through. They take your money, but an audible gasp and when 
goes through the hag market. And yesterday they seemed overjoyed and excited to see you. Now there seems to be a lot of whispering as and very frustrated, angry faces as you begin to leave this market. If we just make more enemies here, we really need to get off this island. I, I agree. We, we got some wood, let's just go. Do y'all want to stop by those purple tents or should we just out? They seem kind of... I mean, we can walk by them, but they seemed kind of empty earlier. Yeah, let's just take a, a, a... We'll walk that way out of town. Try and make an enemy out of every single person on this island. <laughs> no, there's an Eric Hawker that's very fascinated with your, uh, your humanoid. <laughs> Overly fascinated. <laughs> he just wants a friend. Yeah, that's how it all starts. <laughs> Right, so yeah, we'll walk past the purple tents on the way out. These 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 purple tents are are large. Um, they're almost like a kind of like that great purple color that you see on markers, um, with like a light lavender kind of purple that kind of makes a border um, around the top and the bottom. Um, they are large, like circus like like tents. Um, there is a symbol um, that I mean on on the on the door. F- the, the, like the front portion of it um, there's a symbol on the front portion of it that looks very similar to the image you guys saw in the tree um, before walking and discovering Frederican. Um but it's just the bottom portion it's like the little kraken that is on that that image um, there's a guard standing at the door he's wearing acolyte clothing um, and, uh, it's purple in color and he's, he's standing at the door. Do I hear any conversations coming from inside the tent? I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of talking inside the tent, um, but nothing like specific. I think it's a, you know, think of a bunch of jumbled noise. Cause you also have the talking of the pirates on the outside. It'd be hard to articulate exactly what's being said on the inside. It doesn't look any different than it did earlier today. I say we just go back to the ship. We need to get out of here. Can you see what's? Can I see what's going on inside? I mean, it's solid cloth, so you can't. It's not see-through cloth. Yeah. So I guess you said there was like a guard standing at the door. I didn't know if it was one of those things where like you could like kind of peek inside and see what's going on, or if it's like completely closed. Oh, think of like remember like Lord of the Rings when no. Aragorn is. <laughs> Sorry, <I> just <laughs> no. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's like a war yeah, tent. It's like yeah. there is a cloth that's kind of covering the front. Okay. Um, so it's like in uh, Narnia. And tried to move the cloth. Yes, like in Narnia. Okay. You can remember Narnia better than Lord of the Rings. Uh, correct. Narnia was interesting and short. We will um, <laughs> discuss this later. Table this <laughs> conversation for later. We're looking for a new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, no, you cannot like just yeah, look through the yeah. doorway and see what's going on on the inside. Mm. I'm quite right. interested. Could you give me, let's say, five minutes? Okay. If you hear me screaming because those hags are coming after us, you come running out. Fair enough. Uh, Jean is going to walk up to the guard at the door and... Uh, I'm trying. Sorry, is the the guy's name is it's Sardor? Is that right? Don't remember the name of the person that's traveling with you. No, the the guy that I just talked to in the vision thing, Sardor, Sardior. Yep, 
Sardior. Okay. Sardior. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to walk up to him and say, I am a servant of Sardior, and I request an audience with uh, your leader. The gentleman, he's a he's a half-orc, and he kind of looks up. You can kind of see his tusks sticking out a little bit from um, behind his purple cloak, and he, you can almost see a glare come from inside his hood. If you serve that kind, you're not welcome here. Only servants of the Breaker of the Sea may enter. I understand there may be some conflict between our two different kinds, but I, I'm here as an emissary. What's an emissary? A messenger. A diplomat. I'm here to make peace and, and talk. Not to well, rabble-rouse or convert or proselytize or anything like that. Roll persuasion check. Uh, Thirteen. My master made it clear that it, uh, I shouldn't be letting anybody in tonight. Uh, something special's happening on the inside. Maybe you can come back tomorrow. I'll be gone tonight. Jean... That's not my problem. ...reaches into his money pouch and pulls out a few coins. Perhaps this might grease the wheels. How many you pull out? Just, like, five. I'm not, like, super rich anymore. I can't remember what the heck I bought, but I lost all my gold somewhere <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I don't think you spent anything, and we got, like, 3,000 gold from the... Yeah, I did buy a monocle so that I can read now. Um, and I feel like there was something else I used my money on. I've been keeping pretty good track of, of my funds, and I remember using it somewhere. I've just forgotten on what now. I would say that um, you can go ahead and add five to your persuasion roll, because you're giving him five gold pieces. Okay. Roll another persuasion roll? Is that what you're telling me to do? Yes. Okay. You can either do no roll another one, or roll one with advantage, but you don't get the plus five. I'll roll another one. Okay. Seventeen. He, um, he takes the, the gold pieces and he says, I, I didn't let you in. No, I, I overpowered you, I'm sure. Or snuck past you. Very I distracted good. you with my friends. That's what we'll say. You don't look like a type that has friends. <sighs> I just hand over the gold and walk in. <laughs> <laughs> um, you go inside and... It, it's almost like a little town inside there. There's there's one, again, another... They're all kind of a little more... A couple few more tents on the inside. Um, you, on the right side, see like a relatively large tent that's kind of like a little room. It's kind of built off of the main tent. You see some 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 tables that are kind of scattered about with some different random objects um, tossed about on them. Um, jewels or different types of, of uh, rocks and different things. Just people seem to be kind of carrying stuff from a tunnel that's towards the back of the um the tent it seems to go down so it kind of goes down and then disappears into the ground there are um another section close by the tunnel that's got a bunch of like um pews and a little stage and there um there's a couple people sitting in those pews and it looks like there's there's kind of one acolyte that seems to be um kind of speaking from there uh, but it's kind of odd too because you can tell that those those pews are not very dusty it's almost like the people continue it's like constantly they tend to be full 
it's almost like the pews have disappeared um, and there's only really one or two people that are carrying leftover dirt or whatnot from the tunnel itself um, and laying things on the table okay uh there's of course like little eating area and and um, maybe a spot that looks like could lead to a separate tent that might have like a sleeping quarters yeah john is going to like move very quickly and jump up on a table and announce to the room and say my name is john lafayette i am a hand of the string a member of the fates once captain of the black hand i am a drake warden and i call nameless to my side servant of sardior i am here seeking knowledge and an audience who is your leader one of the people that have been carrying the dirt back and forth um, pulls her hood back and it is a tabaxi she's got like cheetah prints all over her body and um, kind of a toothy grin. The mark that you saw on the outside of the tent is tattooed on her forehead. Ah, so she's weird. <laughs> now, the master is in the tunnels and will not be coming out to speak to anyone tonight. Then perhaps you can answer some questions for a knowledge seeker. Breaker of the sea refuses to talk to your kind and insists we kill you. Why should we not do that now? There are six of us and one of you. In my head, Jean is going to say to Nameless, get ready. Aim for that oh. little mark on her head. Jean will say, I, out loud, I come here simply in search of an education. You're telling me that your deity, the one you serve, and Sardior are enemies? Yes. Do you wish to convert? Well, it seems right off the bat you threatened me, so I'm not quite sure this is a very inviting group. Would your liege be considered a titan? Has he held that name before? The breaker of the sea is the titan. The master, his servant, has never held that title before. Oh, I see, and it's your desire in this little petty group of six to bring that titan back? To return the breaker of the sea and his power and might, his all that we have been made for. With his return, there is promise of hope of our own salvation, though he may destroy the seas themselves. I see, and how close do we feel we are getting to making this happen? One item is found, perhaps more, but I can't reveal any more information than that. Very well. It's nice meeting you. Have a good night. And John will turn and walk back out the tent. All the, um, you notice as you're walking out that a lot of the, uh, acolytes have begun preparing some sort of spells as they're moving their hands and stuff, little things were building yeah. up. Um, they were getting ready to fire at you if you were not to leave soon. Um, but, uh, none seem to really step in your way as you seem to turn, turn to exit. Okay. Yeah, John, uh, you know, he does like the cool, calm, collected walk as he's walking to the uh, tent door. And then as soon as he is out of the... Do I shoot her knight? 
No, 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 no. Just walk with me. Walk with me. Look cool. Look cool. <laughs> look cooler. I swear I'm going to call you flightless. <laughs> he's trying. <laughs> you can tell he's trying his best. It doesn't look awful, but it's not the coolest walk you've ever seen. Okay. okay. It's pretty average. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as we are beyond the tent, we are, I'm, if, uh, Lucas and, uh, Bull have gone on, then I'm sprinting to catch up. Otherwise I am ushering them down towards the ocean. No, I, I stayed behind. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've lost you once today. Yeah. I'm not going to lose yeah. you again. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get out of here fast. Very fast. Very fast. Walk fast. Let's go. Okay. So, uh, what did you find out? As we're walking. I feel like that will be a longer discussion for the ship once we are far away from this island. So I'm not, not trying to hide anything from you. It, it, it deals back with, you know, the whole monkey planet thing, and it's just a longer conversation. Gotcha. Okay. So. We are not in immediate danger. There's not very many of them. They, they seem kind of weird. I think we could take them. But it would be best if we put some distance between us and them, unless they decide to you know, come after us. Um, yeah, let's, let's go. Did we hear Jean's announcement from outside the tent about him being the servant and all that? Uh, roll perception check. Five. <laughs> you did not, Lucas. <laughs> Crew, are you trying to listen for it? Uh, sure. But I rolled a two, so no. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, there was, there's a, while you were saying, there was a couple of drunk pirates that came up and started, like, playing their djembe and banjos, 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 djembe's and banjos around you, um, and uh, made it hard to hear what was going on on the inside. Okay. Was it at least a good performance? Uh, they rolled a two. So, oh. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So after listening to the amazing banjo and djembe, rendition and, and john comes bolting out he pushes you guys through the forest and starts pushing you guys towards the ocean you climb into your dinghy and safely make your way back to the boat as the dinghy taps against the edge of the ship the camera begins to fade and that's where we'll close this episode for a dicey experience we love you all and um next time most of us will be deadly serious next time speak for yourself As Clark watches the statue begin to rise up out of the pit, he thinks hard on the name that's always caught in his mind, Olivia, his wife's name, and he laments the fact that sometimes he can't remember that that name is his wife's name. He, at the moment, has some clarity and thinks also of his daughter's name, Sarah, and the memories that he will occasionally get, the small snippets of her the joy that she used to bring him of his whole family, his wife and his daughter, and of the time that he would spend with them uh, on merchant ventures sometimes on the ship. And again, as those little snippets of memory fade in and out of focus, he laments the fact that he can never hold 
the entire picture of his last life in his head. He wrings his pale hands together and but as he sees the statue, begins to see the colors of the statue coming up, he thinks of what a great victory this will be for the breaker of the seas, for his master, and how it moves him one step closer to maybe one day being able to remember the whole picture of his family, the whole picture of his past life, of being able to actually see them again. Uh, for the breaker has promised him that that is possible. And so as he tries to focus on all of those small snippets of memory uh, and and as they slip in and out of focus he just he feels the frustration but also the elation of what may be coming soon and he turns his attention back to the pit and the statue rising out of it you you find yourself in the dark um, there may be a torch or two lit in the room um, like that doesn't really matter what matters is the fact that there's there's a pole at the top um, rounded so that a rope can go over it there's a hull team behind you and the rope is going down to this large hole um, in front of you um, they have informed you some of the other cloak figures that you work with that they have found the mattress master statue and they have tied it to this rope and now it is rising out of this hole for you to be able to see for the first time standing next to you is is connor who's patiently waiting um, his skin is pale and, and greasy and he's He's sweating a lot, kind of wringing his hands a little bit. Obviously nervous. Um, has been ever since you've met him. He, yep. he kind of has a grimace on his face, almost almost like a half smile, um, as if he's at least pretending to be enjoying the moment. Clark will uh, place his hand on Connor's shoulder and uh, say, Don't be anxious, Connor. Uh, I knew you were up to this task. You've done well, and I'm sure that uh, in the days to come, you'll be rewarded for this victory for the Master. I, are you sure? I, I was just a scribe just a few days ago. I, I, I wasn't in the organization very long. I, I want to serve him well, and I, I want him to, to like me. I just... Simblar, you took him out so quickly. I just don't want to... I just want to fail you. Oh, I... Rem if you'll remember, Connor, I was there when you were initiated, and I saw great things in you, and I'm certain you won't make the same mistakes Simblar did. I, I see that... Uh, a bright future for you, and I think you'll serve the Breaker of the Seas well, and uh, I see uh, uh, advancement in your future as you continue to uh, meet these goals as you have for this one. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to go check on the team and make sure that the hauling's going well. Yeah, that will be great. Good job, Connor. Okay. And he, he begins to walk off. Um... As he, as he goes down into the hallway for a moment to go check on the, the hall team, uh, you turn your gaze back towards the hole and you see this turquoise sapphire crystal um, with almost a lavender line coming up its center begin to rise out of the, the hole. It's in the shape of a large kraken tentacle. Um, you would recognize this as your, as your master's or something that would be similar to your master's. Uh, it glows brightly, um, filling the room with with light. What do? Uh, yeah, and when Clark sees the tentacle, he will um, have one of his momentary uh, kind of flashback snippets, and immediately he touches the area on his side where his tentacle tattoos are, and um, he immediately flashes back to 
uh, a moment of clarity seeing the memory of the merchant vessel that he used to sail on as the first mate um, and how they were going on a, a long voyage and his family was with him and uh, in, in the midst of high seas in the middle of their voyage they encountered a giant octopus and it attacked their vessel and was beginning to rend and tear apart and he did his best to uh, to lead the, the men to fend off the beast but at some point it became clear to him that uh, um, the ship wasn't going to make it through this in encounter and so as good captains do the captain's at the helm uh, just riding the ship all the way down so at that point he's attempting to uh, fight off this this great this great octopus uh, cutting tentacles and 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 just running seeming to be in all places on the ship at once as a first mate often does um, attempting to get as many people on lifeboats as possible um, the searing pain of seeing his own wife and daughter fall into the sea like so many others um, but uh, still doing his duty trying to get as many people saved as possible on lifeboats attempting to continue to fight off the beast to let the ship last as long as it can and then uh, what he thought would be his final memory, he remembers uh, finally uh, getting struck by one of the uh, the tentacles as the as the ship is literally falling into multiple pieces uh, and landing smack in the cold high sea water himself um, and beginning to be uh, pulled down, uh, enveloped by the sea um, as he accepts the fact that this is how his life ends and that he uh, died a brave death. Um, and then just as things are starting to fade out, he has a, a vivid memory of, for the first time, feeling the inky, black, magical grasp of the Kraken, the Breaker of the Seas, as he uh, his, ma his magic inky tendrils um, come in contact for the first time with his skin, and for the very first time, that cold, deep voice enters his mind, um, and he has that quick flashback of that memory as he sees the tentacle rising up out of the uh, out of the pit as you begin to fade back in you see two of the cloaked figures sitting on the sides go over and begin to, to pull the statue um, in towards you still attach the rope but it's still kind of got a bit of an angle so they're they're having to yell back and forth between the people in the tunnel to kind of give some slack to allow for the the statue to begin to be laid down in front of you at that moment, Connor Connor comes back and I'm 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 sorry, Master uh, Clark, uh, Lord 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 Coldwater. Um, there's there's a Tabaxi woman who 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 insists she needs to speak with you and 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 I'm I'm not sure why she's choosing to disturb you now, but she's she's being very insistent and, and she looks matted and, and and as if she's well. Ran. Since I insisted that I not be interrupted at this time, obviously it must be of the utmost importance. So why don't you bring her up to me, Connor? Okay, yeah, yeah. And he he goes and he grabs her, and you, you see this Tabaxi woman. She pulls her hood back, and she's she's kind of got like a, a leopard print um, coloration. Um, she kind of she grimaces and she smiles and she bows in front of you, um, waiting for your response to that. Yes, yes. Get on with it. I am sorry for disturbing you. I I know this was a very important moment for our master, and and I let him know that when he came charging in and. And, and that's, uh, he said he served Sardior, and that he was, he was, um... Wait, wait, who, who came charging in? That Haragon came charging in, a servant of Sardior, because he, he was one of those Drake Wardens. He had a large Drake with him, and, and Sardior, you know, the one that, that trapped our master originally, him and his, his Drake Wardens, and, 
Of course, I, of course I know. Of course I know. Yes. And he came in and, and made a, a large speak to stop what we were doing, and, and we scared him off, and, he's, and he ran out of that tent. Wait, he was here, and you let him go? Yes. And you immediately see Clark just clench his fists now knowing that he that he could have that he could have had two victories for his master at once and just immediately becoming enraged by missing the opportunity to get one step closer to his goal he clenches his fist goes into sort of a standing fetal position and just makes a complete sound of just complete rage and immediately you see him turn to the tabaxi lady and he just sticks his hand out and uh, casts hellish rebuke and she'll need to make a dexterity saving throw. Huh? Are you sure? Yep. <laughs> you got a natural one. <laughs> oh, nice. And so, go ahead and double, double the damage there. Alright. So, and she is going to take... <laughs> oh my gosh. 74 necrotic damage. She only has like 12 hit points, man. Like, how do you want to do this? So, yeah. So he sticks his hands out in this fit of rage. And um, normally this engulfs, you know, the target in, in, in kind of a black, inky, tattoo, ink, necrotic flame. But it just, it, it just goes to engulf her and just blows in a pillar and just vaporizes her in the center of this, like, terrible force of energy and just blows everyone around her about three feet four feet back probably knocks them on their rears yeah she's she goes to almost respond with this i wouldn't say and then at that point the hell speak just slams into her and like you said she's obliterated uh, the, the magic i want to say it's almost so powerful that the force like you said it and if it's knocking people back like this it knocks the two that are moving the statue over and a piece of this magic just shooting off of her slams into the the rope that is pulling up the statue and it um collapses on the ground and um time stops for a moment as you watch a small crack kind of go over the top of this statue and everyone in the room freezes their heart drops and then they kind of all release a, a quick small breath as they realize it's just one small crack and then and then the moment of that breath um lines of cracks start forming from this initial crack and begins to just tear up and destroy this entire statue you do notice that there is still a glowing light coming from almost what would be considered the center of this shattered piece yeah and Clark will have the exact same reaction as everyone, as everyone else like a caught baited breath a pit in his stomach as immediately he sees that his uh, enraged reaction may have taken his anger of not getting two victories for his master and may ruin both victories for his master. Um, so obviously that just pit of the stomach. Um, but as he recovers himself, as he's just kind of a natural leader and gotten used to doing this sort of thing, uh, and he sees the light, he knows he needs to assess this situation, figure out what he's going to do. So immediately um, he just uh, starts to walk over towards the shattered statue and then kind of seeing all the eyes around the room and regaining his composure of everything that's going on. He immediately kind of turns in a half circle, pointing back sort of to what just happened to whatever, whatever pile of ashes is left for that tabaxi was and just says, leave me. Oh, okay. Yes. Everyone, we must, we need to leave. It's time, it's time to go. And, and Connor starts to 
shuffle people out of the room. Um, slowly they, they walk out and it's, it feels like ages at the speed that they're they're traveling out of there. Yeah, and trying to contain his rage not to make any more mistakes, Connor will still fuming, but but again try to get himself tunnel visioned on what's left of this statue and approach it and begin to investigate it. Yeah, uh, roll investigation check for me. So that's going to be a total of 16. 16, okay. With a 16, you begin to investigate this, the crystal, and you're realizing that this is almost like, again, that turquoise and that sapphire color. You assumed it would be expensive or worth high value, and you're realizing that it's cheap and and almost worthless. Um, That light still in the center of this pile of deserted crystal. You reach your hand in, you begin to push that around, and you look, and what's making this light that begins to fade as your hand gets closer to it um, is a circlet which is essentially like a, a crown that would go over your head. Um, mm-hmm. And the circlet is almost like eight tentacles kind of bound together, wrapping wrapping over themselves. You know, like a rope has its those cords kind of wrapping over each other. Same kind of concept is three tentacles, um, a bluish color um, wrapping over and over and over around each other, and it makes a circlet that, that would fit perfect on your head. Um, there's one small... Um, inky black gem on the front. Yep, just very similar to like a Caesar type or medieval type circlet, just instead of being woven out of branches or leaves or something, it's it's the tentacles, yeah. Yes, awesome. um, but it's it's metal, made uh-huh. of metal, so yeah, you feel that. It's not like, ooh, gross, old tentacles. It's, it's oh, right, right. metallic. Um, and you know that it's got a strong essence of magical power coming off of it. The same sort of magical power that comes directly from my patron from the Kraken, yes? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. You, okay. At least you would sense it feels very similar to that. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, so, yeah, and I think Clark will um, consider, you know, knowing that he knows some of the lore and the backstory of his master, obviously, and, and how he was imprisoned and everything, um, and his master's talked about the statues being keys, he now makes the the jump that that the statues are are that these are the keys basically that this this these are the things you know the reason that the statues are valuable so uh he breathes a a, a, knowing that he's there may not be completely out of the woods he breathes at least something of a sigh of relief knowing that he hasn't in any way damaged the key at least that's his assumption at the moment yes yeah that the the key which you would assume to be the key is not damaged this magic item is holding together yeah um yeah so i think it, at this moment he would uh, knowing that it's quite a ways down here uh in this part of the mine and knowing that uh probably all of the people he just sent out are are following their way back up towards the the more uh, you know ground level part of the tent he'll start to make his way that direction as well yeah with the circlet obviously yeah um you you can travel up again it's Maybe a torch or two along the way, but the rest of the, the walk up is is relatively dark. Um, very dirt digging, dug. It's it's hand dug and shovel dug, so it's not like a machine. So you obviously it took time and, and work, but luckily you guys have a few doors that can kind of help navigate that for you guys. Um, but you do make your way back to the top, and Connor's waiting, kind of pacing at the, at the entryway there as you're coming out, and you're standing in inside the large purple tent again. Awesome. Well, I'll um. 
Clark will approach Connor and and say, uh, well, my friend, uh, I was worried for a moment, but we have obtained the key that the master needed uh, undamaged. He will, he will be pleased? Statue's okay? Uh, the statue's not okay, but I believe the the element that he needed was okay, and, and I want you to know that, that I will uh, uh, tell the master uh, that if there is any issue with the statue, that it was not of your doing. I uh, appreciate the effort and work that you put in and the results that you got, uh, Connor. It was very well done. Okay. We, we, we dealt with the others that were up here when, when the Harrigan arrived at any points, and there's, um, there's about six other people that have just, their throats have been cut and been tossed to the, the side of the room. Uh, very, very, very well. Thank you, Connor. I appreciate you taking care of those who didn't uh, recognize the need to uh, restrain a Drake Warden that comes into our presence. Um, we'll be better served without them uh, participating any further in the organization. Um, could you organize a quick party to go and see uh, if we can catch the trail of this Harrigan and his companions. Yes, yes, of course. And he he darts off um, to go start gathering a few people together. Very good. Um, Clark will take a few moments just to study um, this new magical item that's come into his possession, um, possibly even place it on his head. Uh, being a warlock, he's got pretty good... Um, pretty good arcana scores so just trying to figure out if he needs to attune to it you know he's aware that that's something that has to happen with some rare items that people encounter and so just trying to start to figure that out a little bit yeah you can roll an arcana check if you'd like to sure so that's a 16 plus 7 so well over 20 yeah um you, you know you to discover even what this might be able to do you'd have to take the time to attune to it and then you can practice with it. Um, perhaps there's a wizard in your organization that can identify exactly what it does. Um, but at this point in time, this is yeah. the information that you have. Yeah, knowing that it might serve his purposes to go ahead and utilize it for the moment until he's back in the presence of his master, he'll go ahead and, and place it upon his head and and begin to kind of put those arcana feelers out uh, through his magical powers and, and start maybe kind of start that process a little bit. Um, but a moment later, a Connor comes back and says, they, the, the guard out front mentions they went down to the beach, um, and he watched them dart off and through the woods towards the beach. Excellent. Um, why don't you accompany Connor? Let's take a, uh, accompany me, Connor. Let's take a walk down that direction. And so they begin to make their way down towards the beach. Yeah. You guys walk out and, um, you are standing in the small little town with, um, the rum cake store. To your left and to your right is the, the tavern which you walked out of the night before. Then yes, the night or two before. And um, of course behind you is the hag market. And travel forward, you're walking through banana trees down this trail, and eventually you make your your way out um, on the beach. See uh, what could have been a large sandcastle has been almost destroyed to bits. There's a rather large pile of shells kind of sitting on the shore there. And, and you look up and see a, a large boat making its way towards the current that would carry it out into the ocean called the, the string. Mm -hmm. Curse our luck, Connor. We just missed them. 
Can you imagine what would be showered upon us if we brought back one of the keys and a Drake Warden to the Master? I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, if, if I had been up there, I would have, I would have made sure that we had him and and trapped him. And um, my apologies for. I have no doubt, Connor. I'm sure you would have done exactly what needed to be done. Well, let's uh, let's see what we can do about hiring a boat and see if we can go catch this Drake Warden. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll begin that process. And he, he turns to walk away, and, and, and the moment he turns around, the crystal ball that you carry in your pocket vibrates. And Connor will pick it up and look. And you look down at it, and normally you, you've, you've had conversations with your master through it before, and then there's, of course, been different Im- images that have popped up, but this time almost like a map pops up with an X marking spot on the map. And I'll say, up. Oh. Hold there, Connor. Unfortunately, our journeys for glory must take a pause. We have another statue to track down. Let's uh, let's hold on the uh, the ship and the travel plans for now. Let's instead go back and work on getting our plan together to pack up the tent and move on to search for the next statue. Okay, if if, if that's what the master wants. Yes, uh, duty must come first, Connor. So we will. Uh, we will save uh, this chase for another day. But then Connor, I mean, uh, then uh, Clark does look back over his shoulder and goes, but I am not giving up. We will have another day for this chase. 